Support for Yale Cancer Answers comes from AstraZeneca, a biopharmaceutical business with a deep-rooted heritage in oncology and a commitment to developing cancer medicines for patients. Learn more at AstraZeneca-US.com. Welcome to Yale Cancer Answers with Drs. Anish Chagpar and Stephen Gore. I'm Bruce Barber. Yale Cancer Answers features the latest information on cancer care by welcoming oncologists and specialists who are on the forefront of the battle to fight cancer. This week, it's a conversation about cellular therapy research with Dr. Michael Hurwitz. Dr. Hurwitz is an assistant professor of medicine in medical oncology at Yale School of Medicine. And Dr. Gore is a professor of internal medicine in hematology at Yale and director of hematologic malignancies at Smilo Cancer Hospital. Now, I think of you as a guy who has worked, takes care of patients with prostate cancer and kidney cancer. What's all this about cell therapy? Yeah, so uh, I am my, one of my interests is using immunotherapies to treat a lot of these diseases. What is immunotherapy? Exactly. So we know that the immune system can attack cancers and can, in fact, get rid of a lot of cancers that we have in the body. But we also know that when people have cancer... It didn't uh, work. It didn't work, exactly. So in the last, I would say, I guess about 10 years or so, mm -hmm. the, there have been really major advances in figuring out how to activate the immune system in a situation where it's not working to get it to work to kill off cancers. Okay. And the way that has had a lot of, of success recently is with, we, we actually inject antibodies into people, and these antibodies are proteins that can actually turn off signals that cancers produce to turn off the immune system. No, no, wait a minute. So there's the cancer cell, and it sees a tumor cell no, that is the cancer cell. That's the right. tumor cell. And it sees an immune cell, and somehow it's got like a force field that says, forget about it. You can't hit me. So, a something little bit. like that. So, something like that. So, it, if you think back to the way the immune system works, the way the immune system works. Don't assume I know that, anything about the immune got system. Got it. So, 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 the way the immune system works. I'm thinking is, Star Wars. A little bit, but, but basically the key point is that the immune system is a set of cells in the body that recognizes things that are foreign. Right, and they're the, roving around, right? they're roving Just around. like one of those lunar rover things. They're, that's right. They're roving around all the time, and they're, they're Got everywhere. Got their laser guns ready to go. They, well, I'm going well, with the Star Wars image. You're going with the Star Wars. So, so actually, they probably have their lasers on safety. Okay. They're not always going, in fact. Okay. And That's good to know. However, when they recognize something as foreign, as different, they will attack it and try to destroy it. Okay. And that's what it's supposed to do. Right. Now, if you imagine every time you get a cut, something like that happens. Bacteria gets into the cut. Uh, lots of cells from the immune system go into where that cut is. They cause swelling. They cause more cells to go in. They get rid of the bacteria. But you don't want that to go on forever. Because if that went on forever, every time we got a cut, our We'd lose thumb, our finger, probably. Right. We'd lose our finger or it would blow up like a balloon. Yeah. Okay. So. Inconvenient. Very inconvenient. So the immune system also has off switches built in. Hmm. Okay. And it has cells that, that actually turn things off. Okay. Hmm. So, so that's like the commander coming around saying, mission done. That's right. Let's go home. That's right. And in fact, the, the things that are injured even have, have they, they, they can turn off the off switch. They've got their own things. Huh. And, and, and I'll be probably saying Leave me alone that. already, they That's say. right. And in fact, what it's called is something called PDL1. Okay. What? PDL1 is probably the most famous off switch. Okay. And um, 
and 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 what PDL1 does is is the off switch that it hits is something called PD1, which is on immune cells. And you've seen ads for these drugs that block it. All they have a lot of balloons. TV. They have balloons. Yes, but there like are lots balloons of ads. Are floating. That's right. Balloons are floating. People kites and, are flying. Kites are flying. There are various ads. You're not releasing balloons in people's bodies. Fortunately, not so much. Good. No. Okay. Now it turns out that that's a great thing that we have this PDL1 off. You know, that's thing, the off switch. And that turns that that hits the off switch, which is PD1 on the immune cells. I so wish they had called them like off and on switch. It would that be great so if they easier. did, but they didn't. So that's great. Unfortunately, many cancer cells have figured this out to speak anthropomorphically since uh, they don't figure anything out. What happens is many cancer cells- They've evolved also, that way. They, they evolve that way and make pdl one and turn the immune system off. Wait a minute. So they make their own off switch. They make their own off switch. Exactly. Yes. Sneaky. Quite sneaky. Um, and it's, of course, it is more complex than that. There are other on and off switches. Uh, don't it, don't it's, confuse it's very, me. But that is, that's sort of a basic that's a concept. And that's a nutshell. Okay. So, and, and, and the drugs that we have now. The antibody drugs. The antibody drugs are actually quite good at fixing that problem. And turning and the off switch on again. Turning the off switch on again. Or at least making sure that no one, that, that the cancer can't hit the off switch. Okay. Um, and, and the cool. result of that is that for a disease like melanoma, which is a disease that if it had spread already, which we call metastatic, it, it killed about 95% of people within five years. Yeah, I remember. Now, that rate is improved to about about 50% of people. Not good enough, years. but a lot better. Right, not that great, but much, much, much better. And in other diseases, it's not as dramatic, but there have been long-term people doing very well with lung cancer, with with kidney cancer that has spread, with bladder cancers, a whole list of these cancers have been improved with this. But obviously, we're not there yet. The okay. very best one is melanoma, which is like 50%. Um, so there's a huge amount of work being done on other things like this, other on and off switches. But another approach is to weaponize the immune system differently. And one of the ways that we were that we've been doing it is by something called cell therapy. All right, so you're talking about rearming the Jedi fighter thing with some other kind of mechanism. Actually- Are you bringing a diff different fighter? Um, bringing in Yoda. Actually, no, we're not bringing, actually, well- Come on, Yoda. I'm trying to think Why of not? the analogy. I think Yoda was there, not, but- All right. But either way, so there are- so, I realize so, it's getting lame, but I, I'm kind of I, dug in this deep Yeah, already. and unfortunately, I, I'm not, I'm only good with the first three movies, I'm oh. afraid, so- Meaning uh, four, five, six. Meaning four, five, six. Well, that's fine. That's right. Classic. Um, so, so we actually their their cell therapy is a very it's a it's a it's a relatively broad term, just meaning that we're going to use immune cells to attack the cancer directly. So rather than putting in an antibody, which right. is a, which is a protein which can, as we that's said, like a block bullet. the on off switch. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're going to actually try to take the immune cells themselves, do something to them to make them even more active put them back in a person. Even though the cancer may still be saying, I've got the off switch, I've got even the though, off switch. Even though. Some they're gonna, you're gonna like overcome that somehow. We're gonna try to overcome it. Okay. Exactly. I got that. Exactly. So um, so the way that people have talked about it that, that we're actually not doing, but I happen to know that you are doing, um, is something called CAR T cells. Don't give me away. Uh, but but yeah, so 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 you could talk about it as much as I could, but I'll-, I'll I'd rather have you talk about it because you probably so, understand it better than so, I do. 
Either way, either way. So CAR T cells, again, is something that's been in the press, and people may have heard of this. It's been in the New York Times a lot. In a CAR T cell, what you're doing is, it was, so I kept talking about immune cells. Immune cells, is, is there are lots of different cells in the immune system, but one subset are called T cells. T cells are those cells that people may have heard about during the HIV AIDS days. So those T cells are the ones that went away from the HIV virus and caused infections or Precisely. Right? Those, yeah, precisely. those are the same exactly. kind of cells? Uh-huh. Exactly. And there are sort of two flavors. One flavor is called the helper T cell, and one is the killer T. And exactly. So the helper T's are the ones that went away, I think, in, in, in HIV. Yeah. Uh, the killer T's are the ones that... I want some of those. Well, right. So when you get those, those are the ones that actually find the, the, the things they want to kill and destroy them. And they are insanely effective at it. Luke Skywalker, come on in. They are, yeah. They're super Jedi. They're, they're, they're awesome. Okay. So... In, in CAR-T therapy, and CAR stands for something called chimeric antigen receptor. Nothing w- to do with the vehicles. With which? Cars. Nothing to do with cars. Absolutely no. That's right. That's right. You know, that, that red little car yeah, in the yep. movie? Exactly. Not that. So, so with CAR-T cells, what, what we're doing actually is we're taking out T cells that we know desperately want to kill all the time. However, what we're doing is we're deciding what it's going to kill. And we're doing it by taking a piece of DNA, putting that piece of DNA into the cells. So we're taking, sorry, let me, let me say, take that back. We're taking T cells out of a person. A person who has cancer. A person who has cancer. And then we are taking, adding DNA into these T cells, and that DNA encodes something. And what it encodes is something that targets T cells for the cancer directly. Like a killer instinct. Like a killer instinct. And... It works phenomenally well for certain diseases. Well, wait. So, the, but now these cells are outside the body. How's that helping? That's right. So you can reinject them in. That's the beauty of I it. I see. So you reinject them in after giving someone actually some chemotherapy to remove what's there already. You want to actually remove a, a big chunk of the immune system that's there already. And Just the reason, to make some room, right? It, well, it's a few reasons. One is to make some room. Two, remember I said that the, the immune system is not just killers and things that that activate killing, they're also parts of the immune system that turn things off. There we go again, the darn off switches. And we call those T regulatory cells. You want to get rid of those. Okay. And the last thing that you want to do is these cells produce signals throughout the body all the time. And some of those signals are inhibitory signals to the immune system. Okay. And we want to get rid of those too. Okay. So, and all this stuff, by the way, was figured out in mice that there are great mouse models showing that if you don't do all those things, you really don't get a great job by putting T cells back in. Because okay. as you point out, they need room to grow and they need to, be do it, they need to do it when they're not being blocked. Just don't bother me. So let, just let exactly. me do my Let me thing. do my job, give me a space to, to live, et cetera. Okay. So, so that's what they do. They take these T cells out. They put something into the T cells to target them directly to what they want to kill. Mm-hmm. Then they give the patient a bunch of chemotherapy to remove plenty of the immune system that's there, and they put these back in. And, they, and, and as you know, actually better than I, they have had great responses in acute uh, lymphocytic leukemia. So the childhood leukemia that's been resistant to treatment. And, exactly. And then, and then I think in lymphomas. Many lymphomas, well yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's great. Unfortunately, that's got some problems for treating what we call solid tumors which are about 90% or 85% of adult cancers, which are things like what I treat, prostate or bladder or kidney or melanoma or lung. Well, what's the problem? Why can't you just give them like killer instincts about the prostate? Right. So 
there are some real differences biologically in these solid tumors and what I was calling sort of liquid tumors or yeah. tumors that come from the blood system. Sure. And one of them is that there really aren't that many great targets that are consistent across the board. Mm. And from tumor to tumor. From tumor to tumor, mm-hmm. right? Which is what you really need for the CAR T because you have to know what you're making. Yeah. Otherwise, it's very inconvenient. And even more, even within a single tumor, it's rare that the antigen, which is the name of the target, it's rare that the target is really required. And one of the things about cancers is that they evolve as they grow. And so you might be able to target some of it with a specific target, but then that target will be lost. Oh, so the cancer says, ha ha, I'm just not going to show you that thing anymore. Exactly. And you can try to target me all you want, but you can't exactly. took away the target. Got exactly. It. So so it turns out that our, the, the approach of, of, of not using CAR-Ts is different in, in sort of a big way, which is the following. It, it turns You're out- You're about to tell me something different, like well, a I'm, different approach. A different approach. Okay. And the approach has to do with this. This is, again, pretty important to it. If you look in tumors, a lot of the time, they'll have these killer T cells stuck in them, mm-hmm. around them. And if you, if you actually analyze those T cells, it turns out they're recognizing the tumor. Well, so why isn't the tumor dying? So there are a few reasons, but one of the big ones has to do with this whole off switch. They've been They're turned there, off. but they've been turned off. They're there, but they've been turned off. But they don't die. They just sit there like thumbs, they just thumb, sit thumb, there. That's right. But they're not dead. their thumbs if the exactly. cells had thumbs. Exactly. And there are other reasons, but, but that's probably a, the major reason. There are multiple different off switches. They've been turned off. And so, however, um, they're probably not just recognizing one target. Each of those T cells might be recognizing a different target. So if you could take all those T cells out, grow them up outside the body and put them back in. Now you've got T cells, and if you could make them active again, they're active against multiple targets. Well, this is getting complicated, so complicated that I'm gonna have to take a short break for a medical minute and catch my breath. Please stay tuned to learn more about cellular therapy research and clinical trials with Dr. Michael Hurwitz. Support for Yale Cancer Answers comes from AstraZeneca, proud partner in personalized medicine, developing tailored treatments for cancer patients. Learn more at AstraZeneca-US.com. This is a medical minute about survivorship. Completing treatment for cancer is a very exciting milestone, but cancer and its treatment can be a life-changing experience. For cancer survivors, the return to normal activities and relationships can be difficult, and some survivors face long-term side effects resulting from their treatment, including heart problems, osteoporosis, fertility issues, and an increased risk of second cancers. Resources are available to help keep cancer survivors well and focused on healthy living. More information is available at YaleCancerCenter.org. You're listening to Connecticut Public Radio. Welcome back to Yale Cancer Answers. This is Dr. Stephen Gore. I'm joined tonight by my guest, Dr. Michael Hurwitz. We've been discussing immune and cellular therapy research. And Mike, before the break, if I got this right, you were telling me that in these kidney tumors that you study and other kinds of tumors that arise in organs, you can see these wannabe killer cells kind of sitting there all ready to go, but they've been turned off, so they're just kind of sitting there helpless, but that each one might be really looking at a different protein on the 
cancer cells, right? So that it's not, they wouldn't be subject to the problem that you talked about before where the cancer cell can say, ha, 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 I'm taking away my target, right? Yes. I mean, it's all a matter of degree. And theoretically, the cancer could lose every one of these targets. Okay, but over we're not going to. So let, but, let's just continue that. So but you just said you're going to take these cells out. How are you going to do that? You're going to go in there and, and suck them right. out? That's you're, right. So, so in this, and we're actually doing this now with patients. And believe it or not, the technology to do this, the basic idea is from the early 80s, 1980s. This is not super, the idea isn't terribly new, but now we're doing more variations on it. And we probably know, and we know much more. But what we really do is. What do you really do? You have a patient who has a cancer that has spread, and you take one of the spread cancers out of the person's body. A tumor. Just a take tumor. a tumor out. You take a tumor out. And we grind it up in a very controlled way. And we this take isn't that, Sweeney Todd or anything. This like is that. nothing like Sweeney Todd. Okay. There, there's no, no meat grinder. No at meat all. grinder, no hair care, none of that. None of Just that. The actual no tumor. meat pies, no meat pies. Okay, absolutely not. Uh, it's done in a very special facility that has to keep everything incredibly clean because some of the stuff that we take out is going to go back into the patient. Uh oh. So the cell therapy lab at Yale takes this tumor out. They grind it up, as I said, and you grow it in a dish that particularly the growth medium is good for immune cells, but not for other cells. And what okay. happens is the tumor cells die off, and the immune cells grow. And the nice thing about it is that as these immune cells grow, they lose those off switches. Really? Yeah. So that's a known thing. They will lose off switches if you grow them in an activating environment. Okay. And we do. We, we take the things that the immune system uses to activate itself and we throw that stuff into the mix. So they grow up very active. And then we do what I talked about, we talked about before with CAR T cells. Then we treat patients with chemotherapy. To make the space and all that. To make the space. Get rid of some of those. Get rid of the suppressive stuff. Regulatory And we put things, it back uh -huh. in. And as, as you may or not, as you, you might imagine, it's a bit of a dance. The timing has to be just right. You have to take the tumor out. Then our cell therapy lab is continually seeing exactly how things are growing to make sure that, A, there's nothing bad growing in there like bacteria, mm. and B, that they're growing at the right rate. And then when you know that there are going to be enough cells, only then do you give people chemotherapy. It's not exactly cool to give someone tons of chemotherapy and knock out their immune system if you don't have something to put back in. Uh, so we try to do no harm, as, as, as you know. So that's done, and then we have to admit the patient to the hospital. And then we give them their cells back. Okay. And once we give them their cells back, then we give it a boost. We then give the patient even more of something called interleukin-2, which is something produced by the immune system to activate itself. Kind of like a hormone. It's kind of like a hormone. Uh -huh. Exactly. So, but why doesn't the tumor cells turn it off again, turn the new cells off? Right. So the hope is that you've given enough, all right, and that- Enough cells, you Enough mean? cells- that it just sort of overwhelms them. Overwhelms them. Mm -hmm. So, so does it really overwhelm them? I don't well, know. the the studies that were done, and these are done maybe ten years ago, had what's called a response rate of about thirty to forty percent. So, in other words, in people in whom we did this, about thirty to forty percent of them, their tumors would shrink. Okay. A, a much smaller group of them would have them shrink for very long periods of time. So, and and that's great. These days, we're not as good at it. Why? Well, the technology is just as good, but it's just that patients have already been treated 
with the antibodies oh. for the off switches. And so the tumors are more resistant. So now the question is, how can we improve the technology? So the first thing that we're doing, which is sort of obvious, is as soon as we give back the cells, we're now giving them the, the, the same dr the antibody drugs that we were talking about. So that we're gonna block the off switch at the same time that we're giving the cells. Oh, cool. So that's obvious, and we're doing that. Wasn't obvious to me. Okay, so, well, it's good, well, so we're doing that. Um, and, uh, and, and we're doing it pretty intensively. We're doing it with multiple drugs at the same time which is unique. That's that's something that's only being done at Yale. Okay. And then the next step that, that we're going to do is we're going to try to isolate. You know, I said that there are T cells that are within the tumor, and those recognize the tumor. Uh, but some of them are more active than others, and some of them, and, and it turns out we know a little bit about what makes the ones more active. And so we're going to do a technique to isolate those specifically. The super-duper ones. The super-duper ones. And we know that in addition to that, in very, very tiny numbers, these T cells probably leave the cancer and circulate in the blood. So we're also going to look to see if we can isolate it from blood, which would make it a lot easier on patients. Mm. So there are a number of different routes that we're going to, to try to make it a better therapy um, and at the same time make it more tolerable for patients. And these are sort of the first things that we're doing. It's a pretty new program. Mm. And, and what kinds of cancer are you treating this way? So we're beginning with melanoma, which is the one that's been done the most. And we are actively trying to get it done in kidney cancer and in lung cancer. And in order to do that, we need to first do a little bit more groundwork, which is to actually take tumors out of people and analyze them and show the Food and Drug Administration, in fact, oh, so we can do all this safely. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is all pretty experimental in that you know this is there's nothing standard about this. There mm. are about five places in the country probably that are doing this. Wow, but there must be some companies that are trying to do similar things. Do there, you work with any of them? Yes. So so the the thing I was talking about isolating the super duper ones, uh -huh. we're doing that with a company. And there's another company out there that the whole company, all it does is these cell therapies. And they have done lung and they have done kidney cancer. However, if we're going to make the cell product ourselves, the Food and Drug Administration considers it a separate new drug. Mm -hmm. And that makes sense. You, you want every place that's doing it to do it right. And furthermore, we want to do this ourselves because we want to improve the cell growth technique. That's that's another area of the research that that is really important. And furthermore, the last thing is that the, one of the things that's interesting from a scientific standpoint is when you're taking tumors out of people and you isolate the immune cells, well, you've got all that tumor there. You can also analyze the tumor and maybe we can figure out who is going to do better with this therapy, who would do worse with the therapy so, so we don't put them through it, and whether we can manipulate the cells in certain ways depending on what that tumor shows. So there's a lot of investigation to be done. It's all very new. Hmm. Well, I mean, what you've described so far, okay, so I go through a surgery to take out a metastatic tumor, okay, where if hopefully it's somewhere superficial, close to the surface, make it easy. Let's just take the best case scenario. And you grind it up and everything's fine. You gave me some chemo and 
you know, I know that chemo is not so terrible, you know, compared to some chemos that I do anyway. So not so bad. And now you're giving me this injection. What, what's what's the big deal? It seems like pretty easy peasy, right? So then patient just goes home and everything's fine. <laughs> so so <clears throat> I think you're, you're absolutely right that, that you've given harsher chemotherapy because of the diseases that you treat. But I'm not trying to like compete. No, no, no. But I would say it's not it's non-trivial anyway. So there are a few reasons. So one is that we're not doing this. So far, we have not done it to people with who, who have early disease. We're doing this in people who've been pretreated already with the more standard therapies. So, so these are people with later disease. It's often growing rapidly, and they can get sick pretty rapidly. Okay. Uh, secondly, there's a, there's a built-in wait time, which you don't want to do with these people, right? Because once you take the tumor out, remember I said you have to let the cells grow out. Right. And, you gotta, and, and that's a few weeks. We haven't gotten it less than three weeks. Okay. We're, we're working on that, but we haven't gotten it less than three weeks. Right. And then in patients like this, the chemotherapy can hit them pretty hard. And the remember I said that once we give them their cells back, right. we give them this thing that you said like a hormone. Or this IL-2 thing. This IL-2 thing. Now, the- IL-2 is one of the mediators of the immune system that activates the immune system. So, uh, our, so, so the audience probably is not aware that a lot of the times when, you know, most of the time when you have the flu, the reason you feel so horrible with the flu is largely because of the immune system's response to the virus, not okay. the virus itself. And that's things like IL-2, interleukin-2. So you're giving people the flu? We're giving people the worst flu they've ever had. Oh. So your blood pressure drops often, a lot of nausea, uh, incredible fatigue. You become very swollen because... We have, there's something called capillary leak syndrome, which means that a lot of the blood can actually seep out into the tissues. It's not a picnic by any that means. That does not sound like fun at all. <clears throat> it is not. It's not as bad, actually. Now, that therapy, IL-2, we used to do it for patients just that alone with people with melanoma and kidney cancer because that alone in those cancers sometimes was enough to activate the, the immune system that was there. These patients do a little better than those patients because unlike those patients – who had an intact immune system, we've already removed most of the immune system. Oh, right. So they don't get as sick usually, mm-hmm. but still they can. Gotcha. Uh, and it's 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 a tough therapy for people who are already quite ill sometimes from their cancers. I see. So it's, it's really sounds very complicated. And how soon before you know whether the cells are working or not, or whether they're effectively shrinking the tumors? So we check about six to eight weeks after, mm. and uh, you'll see responses sometimes then. It's Already. like a one-shot deal. You get your injection, you get, uh, and that's it. Once and done. Or so we. So far, it has been that way, but we have already planning on not making it a one and done. Uh, we're planning on having repeated infusions, depending, depending on on the particular trial question that we're trying to ask. Right. So. And, and it has to do, I think, a lot with this idea that we already spoke about, which is that tumors change over time. Mm-hmm. And so you can imagine that you would want to adjust the cells to respond to the changing tumor. So would you take out another tumor and yeah, start, start all over again? You might. Yeah. I see. Got the it. other thing that can happen, one of the other ways that that tumors become resistant, which is sort of amazing, and, and, and a number of groups have figured this out, one group at Yale and some groups in Sloan Kettering and some other places, is that you know the way that 
our immune system recognizes, most of our immune system recognizes things that are foreign, mm -hmm. is that when our cells have something abnormal in them, like a bacteria that's invaded or a virus, they actually have baskets that are on their surface of the cells. And the baskets contain that foreign stuff. Kind of waving it around. Waving it around, saying, hey, there's something Help. wrong here. And, and we call that MHC. That's the name of the basket which stands for Major Histocompatibility Complex. But SOS Basket would have been better. SOS Basket would have been a delightful name. But right, or some other Star Wars use. analogy. That's I don't right, remember, that's you know, right. Special so, hologram to Princess Leia. Exactly, that, that's right, that'd be right. right, that's right. So, so it turns out that cancer cells have figured out in certain cases, when you treat them with some of these antibodies that block the off switch, right, they have learned to stop making MHC altogether. No more SOS baskets. No more SOS baskets. And at that point, most of the immune system doesn't recognize them at all. It's like it's, it's, it's got the shield of invisibility. That's right. However. Harry Potter-wise. Uh, cloak. The, the cloak, cloak of invisibility. Cloak. Right. Harry Potter I'm actually pretty good on. I know okay. Well, may I, I, I you so, told me I could have done that. I'm sorry, conversant yeah. in Harry Potter. Well, good, good. Yeah. So, however, fortunately, uh, there, there is a, a subset of cells in the immune system specifically designed to recognize things wearing invisibility cloaks, and they're called NK or natural killer cells. And someday, maybe, we will do some sort of tandem thing with, with first regular immune cells, then NK cells. I mean, there's a huge amount. There are many directions to be to, that we could go with this. Um, it's a matter of us, you know, getting grants and such to do those things. Sure. Uh, and, uh, and, and moving forward. Dr. Michael Hurwitz is an assistant professor of medicine and medical oncology at Yale School of Medicine. If you have questions, the address is canceranswers at yale.edu, and past editions of the program are available in audio and written form at yalecancercenter.org. I'm Bruce Barber, reminding you to tune in each week to learn more about the fight against cancer here on Connecticut Public Radio.